Okay, so welcome everybody. Level two conversation on the feet. Welcome, beautiful foot nerds. My name is Nick Holt. Um, I am part of the February 2022 pod, and we are talking feet today. So my quick background, I am a health coach. I'm a personal trainer. I live in Costa Rica. I've been here about 10 years. I initially came from the finance world. So I was sitting behind a desk, um, not moving a lot and getting very sick and unhealthy for almost eight years. And I transitioned to health and and fitness. And I've been doing that for for over a decade. Um, My history athletically, I I got recruited to play college basketball. Um, I was a I play tennis, I teach a little bit of tennis, and I'm a big surfer. So those are my main sort of what I call active passions, the things that kind of light me up and, and keep me moving. Um, lots of ankle sprains that never properly rehabbed, uh, wearing lots, flip-flops a lot, um, which I'd love to sort of talk about today. And um, yeah, so struggling a little bit with not necessarily foot pain, but um a lot of sort of ankle tightness. Um, I just started a new conditioning program and I started running with my toe spreaders and I think I did a little bit too much too fast and I strained my calf. So I'm struggling with that injury right now. Um, but that's my, that's my quick sort of overview. And um, yeah, I'll pass it over to Ale, who is, whereabouts are you, Ale? Well, I, I'm Alejandra. I'm from Mexico. I'm a physical therapist. And I've always struggled with uh, pain in my foot, in my ankles. I have sprained them like more than 10 times each. I always uh, took uh, physical therapy when I sprained my ankles. But uh, I realize now that the treatment I was getting was not like the optimal treatment because it was all like laying down, just uh, electrotherapy, laser, ultrasound, but I really never exercise my foot, exercise my ankle. So I returned to, I play football, uh, soccer all my life. So I always return and the sprain returned like two games after. So I got tired of that and I play soccer with my ankle's sprain a lot of times because I was just like, like, oh, this is how it has to be, you know? Like, I thought there was no answer. That's why I started to follow the Food Collective, because when I start to study physical therapy, in the university, they don't talk, tell us a lot of things that I think are very important. But I start to study and to, to research, like, on, on my own. And that's when I found the Food Collective on Instagram, and I was like, this is what I talk, what I was talking about. Because when I talk about a lot of the food, uh, no one seems to understand. So I don't know if, if this is happening to you. But when I'm listening to the different blogs, when I listen to the podcast, I'm like, well, <laughs> someone finally understand what I was thinking, you know, like I feel very connected to the topics and I have been working a lot on my feet on my ankle on my mobility and a lot of things going on beautiful awesome and then I think we have Cedric who just joined us so Cedric we're just doing a quick 
uh, background, kind of who we are, where, 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 where we live, what our uh, professional background and history with feet and anything else you want to share. So I'll pass it over to you. All right, perfect. Uh, what's up, guys? I'm going to put my uh, video on in a bit. I'm just coming out of the shower. That's why. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to give a quick intro then about me. So yeah, my name is Cedric. I'm 19 years old. And uh, I live in Switzerland. I'm half Mexican, half Swiss. And what got me into all of this feet stuff was actually when I was around 15 years old. Uh, I played a lot. I was getting a lot into tennis and some tournaments. And I started getting a lot of knee pain. And then that transferred to low back pain along with the knee pain. I went to physiotherapists. They even did x-rays on me <laughs> to check my back. And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, you're fine. Nothing's wrong. But no one really understood what I have. No tennis coach. So it was really thanks to my oldest brother, who's been uh, a huge inspiration in my life and also my whole family. He sent me uh, the link to the Foot Collective and he told me to check them out. And after that, I just it just became a rabbit hole of my health. And it really all started with my feet. I got the balance beam. I transitioned to barefoot shoes. Every day I rolled my piriformis, my calves, my the fascia of my feet were the toe spreaders. And slowly but surely, my whole foot uh, changed. And now I have no pain. I'm doing pistol squats doing a bit of trying some running and uh enjoying movement and freedom of move and freedom of just physical expression yeah beautiful thanks for sharing no problem um, yeah R ruth did you want to add anything to that if you're there I'm here and I'm just listening and I'm so used to hearing myself talk. I don't actually want to add anything. I just want to soak you guys up if that's okay. For sure. Unless you have questions. I mean, I think um, as far as anybody who listens to this, if they've ever looked at a, a foot collective conversation between Nick and I, they know who I am and are probably tired of hearing me talk too. So I'm going to um, just say thank you for having the conversation and I'm just going to be here taking notes. Okay, great. Um, sounds good. So I, I didn't have a, a specific sort of uh, game plan for the call, but there's a couple topics that, that maybe we can discuss. And um, I'll share what's, what's helped me. And, and also I had some questions and hope to learn from you guys. Um, just a quick story. This, this past weekend, I was at an event and I was talking to my friend about uh, his, you know, he was doing some sort of mobilizations on his foot and we just started talking feet and some guy, there's about 30 people and some guys started saying, you know, we, we were talking about foot and I, and I was sharing a lot of the knowledge that I've learned over the years. And, um, the idea that you have to sort of mobilize and then, and then load the tissues, right? So it's not just enough to, to open space. You have to like train the tissues and, someone like overheard us talking and said, no, you, you know, you just have Western feet. 
and you just have Western feet and look at your toes and you, and, and so the whole, his whole perspective was like, you can't change your feet. Um, and, and it was, we got into a nice sort of conversation around, well, I actually disagree. And another guy came over and he had the most unbelievable, like splayed out toes. And he was just like this perfect illustration of, of what could happen when, when you train your feet and his, you know, he was sharing his exercises that he, that he does. And he's not in the, the health and fitness world. He just is a, you know, he wear, he's barefoot a lot. And, you know, we live in Costa Rica. He lives in a community where he's almost never wearing sneakers. Um, but he does specific exercises for his feet. So I thought that was a fascinating kind of example of, of, of how like possible this is. Um, and yeah, for me, I guess I, I'm always curious around, around flip-flops because I remember watching one of the videos and I forget who it was, the woman who was talking about the runners and I think it was in the, the additional resources. She was talking about the transition from footwear to barefoot running. And she was actually saying how flip-flops were, were like, were, were good or they weren't that bad. And I think it had to do more with just like, you know, because the toe box wasn't super narrow and the toes could splay but I'm always trying to wear my flip-flops less because of that. I find that my toes do, I do have that gripping. So I just was wondering kind of your guys' thoughts on, on whether you wear flip-flops, whether you have LA, maybe you have some of your clients or patients wear them or don't wear them or, or what your experience with flip-flops or any thoughts on, on that. Personally, before I loved to wear flip flops because I felt that my feet was free, you know, because yeah. of the thing that you're doing, you're saying. Uh, but I've just changed to wear runners. I don't know if you have listened of them. Are one are like flip flops, but they have also a strap that goes around the ankle. So this makes it more like more natural the the movement. Because then you don't have to to make any effort with your with your little toes to like to grab the the flip flop. So I've changed worth runners, and they are like the best thing that I have purchased because I love wearing them. And so it's like not going barefoot because there are a lot of terrains that my my feet are not not there yet, you know, but. Uh, I've seen that I've get I've have gotten better because I also have that grip on my right feet. So I've changed to earth runners and I have seen a lot of change in my way of walking because now I really don't do any effort with the toes. So that's what I've done about flip-flops and I love it. So now that you're in Costa Rica and I think because of the weather you can you use a lot of flip-flops you can check out on the earth runners and maybe they will work for you too yeah beautiful thank you for sharing that cedric anything to add there i'm gonna show you right now because i'm about to go watch the sunset and i'm actually gonna wear my my uh earth runners too uh I've been using them quite a lot now, now that it's almost uh, summer and the weather's been really nice. I pretty much wear them all the time. And uh, 
about what you said about this guy who uh who has his like toes very splayed out um i think that has to do with like putting ourselves in a in an environment where we move more often because i yeah i mean i think this makes sense like if you look at a maybe our ancestors who were you know maybe i don't know in older civilizations they weren't sitting as much they were probably doing much more labor work carrying hail bales maybe let's say a farm job and uh, walking all day carrying um digging that sort of stuff and i don't think these people did any sorts of maybe specific uh, joint work or um maybe workouts because their whole day was built around this movement so their joints and their let's say their physical body was naturally healthy because of all the lotion they got into their joints and all the movement they got so i think definitely this idea of isolating joints and uh moving them in like different ranges of motion like training shoulder flexion and extension for instance or training pull-ups, push-ups, that sort of stuff is really helpful. But, you know, building a more of a um, movement environment with maybe a pull-up bar, some place to sit on the floor is, I think, is very easy ways and practical methods to just incorporate more movement into our daily life. Agreed. You have those earth runners you want to show us? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna step outside and I'll show you in my uh, video. Just give me a couple of minutes. Yeah, you got it. Um, yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I, I feel like for me, there's so much damage that has been done that it's sort of undoing that damage and then creating the environment to for my feet to sort of thrive. And, um, like, I think Nick was saying just you know, that first principles approach of, of, you know, the body kind of defeat as a self healing mechanism and just giving it the right, giving it the right inputs. Um, I love that. I love right. that uh, simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, depending on the individual and maybe how much damage they have, you know, they might need more isolation uh, more joint specific, uh, let's say rotations or, uh, specific exercises for maybe the core or the legs, but then over time, you're, you're going to want to integrate all those things into make big movements like running, squatting, bending, pushing, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I have a question for you uh, yeah. that I have like thinking a lot of that uh, in my feet instead of having the support on the heel and in the first and fifth toe well behind the toe I don't know how it's called in English I have it in my heel and between the second and fourth uh, toe that's where I have all the support because the the shoes that I was wearing all my life were very narrow. So I think my foot, instead of being like this, it has dropped, you know. 
So I'm trying to fix that with some exercises. But my question here is that I don't know that I'm tra transitioning to barefoot shoes and earth runners and being more time barefoot. But, but since my foot are always stepping wrong, you know, because they're not having the, the support it should have, I don't know if this is like beneficial or it will decrease my my capacity to change. I don't know if if I got if you understand what I said. <laughs> Wait, can, can you repeat what you said? Because uh, I I was in like a zone where there wasn't good Wi-Fi. Yes, like that I, in in my in my foot I have the support instead of in the first and fifth toe. Well, under the toe. I had it just in the middle of the foot. So when I step, my all my weight goes to the heel and here, you know, in the foot. Because I have like drop this, like this in the foot. So when, when I'm transitioning to barefoot, so I'm wondering if this can affect in the, like in the loads I'm having, because I'm not having like the right uh, way to to step in. I don't know if if you understand what I said. Look, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna switch to my uh to my video. Hey guys. Uh, so look I'm wearing my uh my earth runners right now. So um what you were saying there, I mean a big part of uh that is like the from what I know I don't know much but it's like the weight distribution because normally you want to have your toes played out. So then you can like, when you're going to touch the ground, it's all spread out evenly. But again, these shoes, they, they're very narrow. So the distribution is kind of distorted. Um, I, I still see that in my feet. I see like the, there's a lot of pressure on the pinky and it's a bit like still stuck. And I had a hard time opening it. Um, I think the best thing you can do is to use the toe spreaders and uh, massage the feet. And then start wearing the toe spreaders with barefoot shoes. And just doing, like going on a run, uh, walking. I think... Like unload in the load, loading. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's a the best thing i actually have to start i think the next step for my barefoot strengthening journey is definitely to start running and sprinting barefoot because i can tolerate uh, doing hikes barefoot but not as much running but yeah definitely loading loading uh like with lo like using uh running walking but also passively but I think loading it like with pressure, I think it's the, the best thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, one, one sort of tale of caution too. I, I started running. I don't know if you heard this in the beginning, Cedric. Um, so I just strained my calf. And I think, of course, there's so many different variables, but I think one of the reasons was I was, I was running with my, my toe spreaders and I was, I think I was just doing too much too fast, but I was definitely, you know, I was using more of my soleus and my gastroc to, to load the tissues, which I think is, is a good thing. 
but I just didn't have the capacity. Right. So, so I think that's one thing that I would just be mindful. Like anything is like the right progression. um, You know, as you get into sort of sprinting or more sort of higher intensity, higher impact kind of movements. Uh, And then the other thing was I, uh, I I always think of, or the way I was kind of taught was like the, the, I like the tripod analogy. Have you heard of that? Mm. So like the tripod foot, you know, and this goes for when you're, you know, training, whether you're doing a squat or deadlift or whatever, or, or just to try to get the ball of the foot, the outside of the forefoot and the heel and try to maintain. And I think I remember seeing a picture of your foot and it seemed like you had more of a, a collapsed kind of like a flatter foot, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Actually, well, I'm going to send you the pictures later. But I've gotten a lot of better in my arch. I had flat feet, like literally when they did the, well, I don't know how it's called in English, but then you stand up and that you can see your, your arch. I had flat feet. Uh, they always told me that I needed to use support. And I've been working on my feet since before we start with the Food Collective, but the past four months, I've been like more constant. And now there's an arch, not like the biggest you've ever seen, but it's mm-hmm. like a lot of things going on. And I show this to my physical therapist friends because in physical therapy school here in Mexico, they tell us that uh, when you stop growing, your arch cannot be modified. You know, that you just have to wear, how it's called, plantillas. The... Yeah, soles. Yeah. Ah, yeah yeah that's because now your bones are like that way and you cannot change that so i've been showing to my friends like look what what you see in this and then what you see in this that it's two years before uh, after and they're like wow what were you doing and when i tell them that i wasn't wear them wearing anything that i was just like barefoot and working on my muscles they were just like no, I don't think that that's that's the thing you were doing. Like they don't believe <laughs> that it's it's possible. So it has been very rewarding to to see like the process on myself because I think like that I will be more confident telling others that it really works, you know, because I have like proof of work on myself. <laughs> you know yeah. that what you just said uh, reminds me of uh, when uh, before all this research on neuroplasticity and how the brain changes constantly. Uh, like before, uh, people thought that after, I think, a certain age, I don't remember, maybe 18 or something, your brain doesn't change. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, in fact, it's, it's the opposite. You know, we're, we're always learning. We're always, uh, our brains are always making new pathways. Of course, when you're smaller, it's much easier. And when you're older, it is harder. You know, it is possible for older people to learn new skills, to learn new languages, learn new movements. So that that feet thing, it's like this old dogma that they have on, oh, yeah, they can, the, the feet can't change until a certain age. But in fact, it's it's not true. Yeah, but I think like when you start to tell them all the things they need to do, like you need to change your shoes and you mm-hmm. need to do this and that. They prefer to go like the easy way, like, no, there's no way I'm doing all that. Just 
I don't know, I better have a sur surgery and in one month I will have my, my feet correct. But I think they don't see like all the behinds, you know, that it's going on when they had just a surgery. And I have been a lot like talking to people about fashion, you know, like, why are you wearing the shoes? Because my friends are like, oh, I'm wearing the shoes that I love them, but my feet hurt so bad. And the next day I can walk and all that. And I'm like, so why do you wear them if you are seeing that they are not good for your feet? And they're like, no, but they look really nice with my dress. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great story, Ali. That's amazing that you can, um, yeah, you've, you've illustrated that the possibility to create an arch. I love that. Um, I think this is a good transition too. maybe talk through um, sort of like your, your one or two maybe best practices or is there any specific exercise like the short foot or I mean, obviously going more barefoot, but was there anything that you found um, that, that exercise wise or that you, you could point to as, as creating that arch or, or being able to, um, you know, create that change that you've made? Okay. The first thing is the footwork that I was worrying because I think like it didn't help anything. Uh, they told me I always had to wear orthotics, but I never wear them because they didn't feel well. So I was like, why am I going to wear this? So I transitioned to barefoot shoes, but like really slow because I didn't have any, any strength in my arch. So I was like just wearing them once a week, uh, a little time, like no walking long distances. And then when I started like gaining more, more strength, I started to do a lot of toe yoga because at the beginning I was trying just to raise one toe and it was like impossible for me because I really didn't have the, the strength. And I started to see that it's not just the strength in the feet, but also like you said, like in the calf, in the soleus, a lot of exercise in the tibial. I don't know how it's called in, in English. Tibialis. Tibialis. Yeah, in the, in the tibialis. Yeah. And, and a lot of things like with balance because I didn't have like any balance in my in my foot. So I think that it was just like, like I knew what to do a long time ago, but really just take action, like doing yeah. it more constant. And that's when I started to see the changes because I was like, you know, I started this journey like two years ago, but I was like, oh, I know that I need to do this, this, this. I knew it. I did it like once in a while, like, oh, today I will do my exercises. But it was not a journey. It was just like <laughs> sometimes. And now that this year I have started like daily doing more mobility, working on my hip, working on my balance, like not just toe yoga or not just barefoot, you know, I mean, with everything. That's when I started to see the changes. Yeah. And if we like more specifically, like, can you say, were you doing like five minutes or 10 minutes a day, five days a week, or are you doing, you know, seven days a week, an hour a day, just for context? I think that'd be really helpful for people. Okay. I started with the ball rolling 
to to liberate that I do it now daily. I do two minutes on each foot. That's like yes or yes. That's the thing that I've done the most. Now I use barefoot shoes. I mean, all the time, just like when I need to go to something more more formal, that's when I change. But if not, I'm always in my runners and in my Bebo barefoot. And I just do like 10 minutes each day. It's not that much. But it's constant, like almost five days a week, maybe a little more, just focusing on my feet and and a lot more like exercise normal. But but yes, I think the the shoes are what are like what most helped me, what helped me the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beautiful. How about you, Cedric? Do you have a um or what, what's been your sort of top two or three um, tools, toe spreaders, and then your, your earth runners, any, any other specific exercises that you've really found to be helpful for you? Uh, for me, honestly, the, the, best, the best one and the best one for like entry level is the, like the rolling of your feet because that really brings awareness into the whole like foot, into the muscles, into the toes. And um, can you guys hear me well? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then after that, I also started doing a lot of, uh, like I said, the massaging of the piriformis, so the glute muscles, upper glute, the calf, some of the tibialis. And then I did a lot of, actually, I did a lot of things on my hip. I worked a lot in the frog pose to open the adductors. And... um, also, the 1990 pose, that helped a lot. And uh, doing the quad stretch, loosening my hamstrings, and then transitioning to barefoot shoes, going on walks, long walks with them. And the one that I think was one by far the best one is uh, balance, single leg balance. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nick? Um... Yeah, you know, I've, I've tried it all. I've been struggling with um, my ankle dorsiflexion for, for, for years. And I realized for, for surfing, um, you know, you really need a lot of, of ankle dorsiflexion and internal rotation. Uh, I actually had a meniscus surgery like a year ago. And, I, and again, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it was because I couldn't internally rotate and I had really tight stiff ankles. So that medial knee really took a a beating. Um, So, yeah, I think for me doing, you guys familiar with the FRC, the functional range conditioning work. Do you know that stuff? Yeah. Um, So it's a, it's a, I call it a, a mobility maybe protocol, but it's really a strength. It's a joint specific strength training modality you're using a lot of like isometrics so i do these uh, exercises called pails and rails which are um basically it's like in a half kneeling position and you're trying to essentially um activate both the 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 front of the joint and then the back of the joint so for ankle dorsiflexion you're trying to push in sort of for plantar flexion and then you're trying to pull your your feet back to your your knee to kind of get that active dorsiflexion um, so I've been doing a lot of that and that's really helped. Um, I use the ball 
daily. But I think for me, it's like, um, it's really a matter of like consistency and staying with it. I, like you were saying, Ali, like I know everything to do and I do it sometimes, but I don't do it. I don't always do it. It's not, um, kind of like brushing my teeth. So you guys have kind of just inspired me to do it more, uh, regularly and really create a habit around it. Um, because yeah, I still, it's gotten better for me, but it's still something, um, that, that I struggle with. And, you know, I think, for me, I need, I need a lot of that dorsiflexion. So for me, it might be um, more, I need to put more effort than someone who's just trying to walk or, you know, live life. I think for my activities, I might need a little bit more um, ankle. By the way, Nick, now that you mentioned that, uh, how's your deep squat? Deep, like, uh, it's not great. I mean, with my heels raised, I could stay there all day long. Um, If I go wide, and I widen out my stance, I can get, I can get pretty deep. Um, and I've done some deep squat challenges before where I've just spent two, three minutes in, in the deep squat every day. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's like the consistency of a practice where I'm, where I'm lacking, you know, it's like the, the sustained effort over time. And I think because I sat at a desk for so long and, I have a lot of these things that I have to unglue. It's, it's taken, you know, a longer time. Um, but yeah, do you, do you spend some time in the deep squat? Do you, well, do you actually there? for me, it's almost like brushing my teeth. That's like the main thing. Uh, I, you know, Ido Portal. Sure. Yeah. He has some good uh, routines on YouTube, like a beginner one and the more advanced. And I do those pretty much every day. So it's like doing the deep squat, just being sitting there, doing some like rotations of the spine, like doing movements like this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, like I also do some forward bench. They're called baby makers. And uh, some like it's like putting your arm against your hip and then just opening it up and then doing like these prayers to open the hips again. Or maybe do some wrist circles while I'm in the deep squat, and that's it. That's like the the main thing I do, pretty much every single day, and that's helped out a lot. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, um, I guess any other yeah any other any other people that you guys follow that you I mean Ido is one I I follow, uh, not anymore so necessarily, but I Kelly Starrett was someone I looked to. The supple leopard. If you guys are familiar with that, he's I've yeah. done a lot of his routines. Um, and then the FRC has been really helpful, functional range conditioning. Um, and there's something called Kin Stretch, which is there. Oh yeah, I, I've actually done that workshop uh, like a couple of years ago, um, taking their sort of approach and trying to apply it to more of like a group group training setting. Um, but they have something called, called cars, which are controlled articular rotations, mm-hmm. which I, I, you know, you're taking your shoulder, you know, pretty much every joint through its, its full range. Um, so I do that. I try to do that daily. Um, uh, that's good too. Yeah. And, and some of the like similar 90, 90 positions working internal, external rotation of that hip. Um, Ali, any, any, other resources that people listening might find helpful? 
Well, now I'm not using almost any social media because I got distracted a lot and I was like all day seeing what everyone else was doing instead of what I was doing. So right now I'm not actualized in, in that. I can't help with you. But I was going to say that for your uh, dorsiflexion, maybe you can see if like the range of motion is the one that it's missing or the strength because it's very different each one how you can work. So you can check on that if it's the range of motion, you can start like Cedric said with a lot of hip uh, work. When you improve your hip, it will improve the, the, the dorsiflexion because if you just do like dorsiflex, 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 I don't think that it's going to work that well instead of starting from the hip. And if you see that it's a strength, you can work a lot of your on your tibial list or how? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got it. Uh, and it will work a lot. So maybe you need to like look deeper down on what are you missing for for your dorsiflexion and then really working on it, but not just like particularly on it, just like from the hip or maybe that you're missing a strength on your uh, gluteo medial and maybe it's like you're missing that. So because I think sometimes we got just like, I'm missing this and you just see that, you know, and you're trying to work on that, but it's not working because maybe the problem, it's not from your ankle, like it can come from another uh, part of your body. Yeah. 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 Well said. Yeah. One thing on that, I actually, um, I forgot who I got it from, but working on, on inversion, eversion, um, just to help, like, I like my foot, cause I have the opposite problem of you, right? I'm, I have a huge arch and I'm supinated. So like my foot is almost like super rigid and stiff. And so I have been working on some of that eversion inversion, and that's given more room for that dorsiflexion. So it has gotten better, but it's still, it's still limited, but yeah, that's a great point. It's a great point. I want to, I want to add something in there. Not that now we're talking about integrating these things. Cause so like, um, Alejandra said on, um, isolating things, like it can be really useful, but it's important to integrate it. So I'm going to take it to like another level. Hopefully it doesn't fuck with you guys too much. So <laughs> basically, uh, from my studies right now on uh, holistic medicine and that sort of stuff from Paul Czech. Um, he says that uh, one of the reasons why the gastro can get tight, it's actually from a problem upstream. So basically, if your gastro is tight, maybe your hamstrings are tight too. And that's a compensatory effect from a weak abdominals. Especially the, there's, so there's like four main abdominal muscles. The rectus abdominis, that's a six pack. You have the external oblique and then you have the internal oblique. And then you have the transverse abdominis. That's like the, the transverse is the big boy of all of them. And it's the deepest one. And it's like a, our natural, it's like a weight belt pretty much. And, uh, a really big reason why this muscle is actually deactivated is due to actually gut problems and gut issues like um, inflammation in the intestines from maybe 
um, a poor diet because what happens is the body is always going to prioritize certain parts of the body and the organs are, you know, hierarchically more important than the muscles because they are the ones that, in a sense, provide us with energy. So what happens is if you start getting inflammation in the gut or any form of problems, that inflammation uh, might actually cause the body to maybe shut down some fibers of the abdominal muscles. So then there's going to be compensation in, you know, lower parts, like uh, using the hamstrings to stabilize the spine. And that's going to go downstream to maybe the calves. So that's another um, idea to think about how also diet can play a really big role. Yes, I in physical therapy, I had a teacher that was uh, osteopata with osteopathy. Mm -hmm. And he always told us that when we were checking on hamstrings, we needed to ask the patient if he has diarrhea. If he has diarrhea, it was very probable that the hamstrings will be uh, stiffness or maybe uh, sprained. So what you are saying, it makes sense to me because it's an idea that I've been told like long before. So it's very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because there are, uh, the most muscles have two innervations. So that means from the spinal cord, there are two nerves that like supply, let's say, energy, electricity to that muscle. And in the abdominals, there's actually nine innervations. So you see that all the lumbar region is touches all of that abdominal musculature along with the organs. So imagine all those connections. If there's any um, problem or issue, then the body's going to have to compensate in order to bring it to balance. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Cedric. So before we wrap up, guys, anything else you guys want to share? This has been wonderful. Um, do you guys have anything else? I, I, that kind of covered what I had on my, on my short list, but um, is there anything else? Share resources or stories or anything else that might, people might find valuable, helpful? <clears throat> no, I think, I, uh... I think that, that it will be interesting if we make like a 10-day challenge between us three. Uh, like involving the topic that we were talking, like the feet or maybe something about the hip. And maybe in 10 days, we can just like post on Slack, like the, the changes we've seen, if we saw any change, if you felt different. And we can see how like everyone is different. And maybe, I don't know, I will see a lot of changes and Cedric won't or I don't know, you know. But I don't know exactly what do you want to 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 do these 10 days okay i have one so there's this like uh ankle squat so it's basically putting your feet like uh so this is your foot so you put them together i'm gonna try to hold the camera like this and then this is the floor and your your feet are here so basically it's this position and trying to hold it without support or maybe doing a full squat I've, I've tried to do that in the past. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That, that's yours. I, I, I got, I got mine, but yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to keep it really simple. I'm going to, I'm going to measure my, uh, my dorsiflexion against the wall. Do the, you guys know the wall, like the knee test. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I'm going to, I'm going to really, I'm going to spend a uh, minimum. What am I going to commit to 20 minutes a day, ball work, toe spreaders, eversion, immersion, some pails, rails, and um, see what can happen in 10 days. And I'll report back. But I, I want to I see that squat, Cedric. I want to see the action shot. All right. Yeah, I've, I've gotten I've gotten a bit of it in the past, but I'll try to show you guys what I can do like in the first day and see what I can do in the 10th day. Okay. Okay. And I will try both of them. So I will be working also <laughs> in my dirty and I'll try the squats. <laughs> cool. I'll yeah. do my best. <laughs> okay. Awesome, guys. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's been great to see you, see you in, in the, not maybe the flesh, but see the cameras and see you guys. And uh, yeah, let's keep the conversation going and we'll report back in 10 days. And anybody listening to this, this is our level two on feet wrapping up. Alejandro, you're in Mexico, right? Yes. And Cedric from Switzerland. I'm yeah. in Costa Rica. So we have a nice international representation. And we will see everybody soon. Let me stop the recording. Um,